April 16, 2021. It's the Watford P. Rose Show.
For Pedro Show, happy Friday. Started off with John Coltrane. Oops, sorry. John Coltrane uh, with uh, Eric Dolphy, live in Copenhagen, 1961. Every time we say goodbye. Then uh, Josh Cater with Megan. Brother Matt at the Love Grotto on the Pleasure Point. Quick quarantine mode, but I'm not totally man alone because those engineers in Estonia with their Skype software. I got Mr. Josh Cater on board. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And, uh, well, let's get right to your, uh, I mean, what? I think we shared a stage once in Massachusetts. Might have been Boston. Uh, oh. Maybe. Smoking Popes. Somehow I... it, it, it rings a bell in my head, but uh, <laughs> my memory is I... so fucking lame, you know, that's kind of a good thing about Alzheimer's you're always meeting new people <laughs> I, <laughs> hearing I new mean, songs I, I don't have I don't have a recollection of uh sharing a stage with you but I've seen you perform a few times yeah I think it was uh, at a place called it was mainly a stand-up comedy called uh Paradise it was by the school uh college Boston College was it was it in the 90s <laughs> yeah yeah it was a while ago the '90s are a blur to me, Mike. Okay. I, I uh, yeah, me I, too. Oh. It could the 2000s are also also last week. But anyway, <laughs> let's let's get enough about what. Let's get Josh right into your music journey. Okay. Please bring the earliest musical recollection you have. Remember, it's a Watt from Pedro show. There's no hard questions and there's no <laughs> wrong answers. Oh, that's a relief. Um, the, my earliest musical memories were probably just listening to some of my dad's records like he uh he had a lot of albums and he had uh in the living room he had the record player set up on these kind of shelves and then his his vinyl albums were all on the bottom shelf and he he had like a couple hundred of them and uh just a variety of (laughs) variety of styles and stuff and and he would let us listen to him and he was always playing music like it was like uh like you know on on twin peaks when the guy says you know where i'm from there's always music in the air (laughs) it was like i can't remember that part but it probably was in there because there was all kinds of trippy shit he had hundreds of records on the bottom shelf yeah but what was on the other shelves (laughs) Uh, knickknacks. <laughs> okay, okay. Because, I mean, that's a big fucking shelf. Told hundreds of well, well, it was more than one shelf. He, he, oh, had okay. like, uh, he had a few different shelving units just with records everywhere. And, uh, you know, the, we were the listening bottom to ones were a lot of stuff. He, he had, like, all the all the Beatles and Stones and, and Zeppelin and stuff. And probably one of the earliest memories that really sticks with me was listening to being a little kid and listening to Zeppelin too, And, uh... And like that psychedelic breakdown that's in Whole Lot of Love, where where Plant just starts moaning and screaming, and uh, 
and then Paige is making that sound, which I now know is is produced by a theremin. But at the time, I had no idea. It just sounded to me like the guy was caught in like a a thunderstorm in the middle of the woods or something, and and there were trees creaking in the background. It was a very vivid uh, mental picture, and I remember being so struck by like listening to you know, music on this piece of plastic, but it can take you into a world that can even be frightening and can 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 really create mental pictures in the in the mind of the listener. And so I think that's when I started to open up to the possibilities of recorded music. Yeah, you didn't know that they stole that lick from Willie Dixon, huh? Well, they no, had I to that <laughs> out later. They had to pay for it. Well, you probably fucking learn their names later too you didn't know any but probably the low lowest shelf those are where you could reach yeah so that was bitching to him instead of putting the fucking knickknacks on the deck and the records up high <laughs> right yeah so okay. blessed blessed like, blessed be your father for being now now was was he just a listener or did he play too played a little bit he had a guitar like a nylon string guitar he wasn't particularly great at it but he would get these uh these books of you know like song books and uh he would sometimes bust that out and start playing some songs and his uh his sons would gather around him in a half circle and sing along with him and i remember him uh playing uh night moves by bob seger and reading the sheet music and we were all kind of trying to sing along with him uh, that's another early memory did you fucking jump on that guitar when he wasn't around uh i messed around with it yeah but well, I that's why man i mean uh, you, you didn't hurt it or anything but yeah did you t- <laughs> attempt to play it or, or or let's ask this was he inclined to get you going on it and hey, I'll teach you, or I'll, I can get you lessons. Yeah, but it didn't start with guitar because uh, we were over. Uh, I was probably in the first grade, and uh, we went over to uh, these uh, people who were friends of the family, and they had a piano in the other room. And so the adults are all eating dinner, and I wander over into the other room and start plunking out a song on the piano by ear. And then I'm doing that for a few minutes, and then I look up, and the adults have all come into that room and gathered around me and uh the the lady is saying to my parents he can play that stuff by ear nobody taught him that you should put him in lessons so they put me in piano lessons which i took for a couple years but i did not want to play the piano i wanted to play the guitar so it took a few years of me uh sort of rebelling against my never practicing the piano for them to figure out they didn't have to force me to into piano lessons they should give me a different instrument was it the piano or was it the teacher it was the piano the, okay. the teacher so a lot of a lot of times people on the show they have horrible experience with piano teachers i don't know why not everyone but what about at school were you in the marching band or the choir or shit like that no okay i never did any of that no, stuff. I, I asked because well some schools fucking got rid of that shit terrible <laughs> Uh, uh, what was well, the... I just knew that was not a musical style that I was interested in. So I didn't want to play, you know, a horn, like marching around with a costume on. You know, I wanted to be... Yeah, but there's oh, other school bands, too. Sometimes they sit in chairs and they act like it's a jazz band or it's a classical band. It ain't always marching in the fucking funny suits. <laughs> Although that's a lot of it. And then choir, right? You can fucking do that at church, too. I mean, a lot of rock and rollers learn how to sing in church. So that's why I ask stuff like that. I'm just curious. 
What, what about okay. the first record you bought with your own money, Josh? First record I bought with my own money was Thin Lizzy's Jailbreak. Yeah, I got that one when it came out. The kind of comic book cover. And the good yeah, kid, too. It, it was cover that did it for me. I was at a garage sale next door and looking through the records they had like a bin full of records and i'd never heard of thin lizzy but that cover it just was it was like there's like this robot head sort of floating over this tv where these guys are running away from an explosion well, they're <laughs> like, breaking out right that if the music is the picture then it's going to be awesome yeah but if you listen to the words i mean they're incredibly bizarre in that song hey good looking female yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, you know, tonight there's going to be a jailbreak somewhere in this town. Well, it's probably town. near That's where. where yeah, but it's probably near where the jail is. <laughs> it's not somewhere. It's going to be where the fucking. Anyway, I love I love the cat. I mean, and the main man was a bass player. I mean, you know, and then seeing him live, I saw the gig, and he had a chrome no a mirror pick guard, so he would like shine the lights in your eyes. And shit. Oh, yeah, wow. he was he Did was you he saw was them incredible. Back in the day when the, like the original lineup. Of, uh, of nah, the original they were a trio at first. I saw by the time I saw them, they had a U.S. guy. There were four guys, and uh, but it, you know, it's boys that it's when that album came out. Anyway, oh. enough about what it's about you, Josh. So, uh, what about the first gig you went and saw? Um, the first gig, well, I will, I'll delineate between the first gig I was ever taken to was uh, Kenny Rogers and Dottie West. All right. The, Georgie, the got a, Georgie got a Dottie West, the drummer, had sold his trap, his uh, anvil case for his hardware. <laughs> Georgie had Okay. I remember the Peyton. Uh, 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 you know, it was stenciled right on there. Okay. And then, like, you were taken. So the, you, you, you want to tell me the one that you chose yourself? The one I chose myself was uh, when I was, like, 13, I got two tickets uh, as a gift for my dad on Father's Day. I got two tickets to, to see Joe Jackson. And it was the uh, – he was touring on this album called Big World. And uh, we got lawn seats. And so that was like the first on-purpose concert I ever went to was Joe Jackson. Okay. It was great. I want to play My Funny Valentine. There cool. Was a, there was a, it's not the Miles Davis one. My Funny Valentine. Sweet Comic Valentine. You make me smile. Stay little 
在油锅中煎制两日焦黄，加辣椒、蒜、姜、豆豉，大火蒸二十分钟，就可以把它们暂时带回遥远的故乡。但不是但，但但不是但，但是跳，但不是但，但但不是但，但是跳，但。Esta partida, posición fuerte.
No tengo trampa, boludo. ¿Qué does that mean? Vamos, vamos, más rotas. Oh, the grenade thing? I don't know. This is usually the only game that I play. Yeah, I know. They're bad. No, this is it. Running out the back on the roof. And I'll grab these. Man, it's up. I'm gonna give one. Yeah, I am a model. Definitely a yes. By you. Definitely a yes. FYI? Are you fighting? She's in this dumb proximity thing. I'm trying to figure it Drink a mini and let's go kill these losers. Oh. Grab those AR bullets. Thanks, Luna. I really thank you. Thank you. Hi, hello. Okay, hold on. Hey, y'all really out here making me think about posting. Yeah, you carry this proximity thing. That's on you. No. I take I don't have bullets to kill it. That sound is so satisfying. The follower notification. You don't think I should do it? I think I. Okay. Yeah, what is this for Johnny, Alter? Fuck. Like, let's just say if the if the cockpit gets released, chat. I'm gonna keep one on it. The lady fan base is it, it's probably going up by at least like 80%. I'm gonna keep one on it. Community. Like, I don't know. I forgot exactly what you said, Rubino, but. So basically, like octopus, but without your throat getting stuck. That's up. fucking. She's still in Yeah, I got. I don't grab it. I'm carrying three snipers for the shot. Can you just wait? I'm sorry. I'm not moving. Oh! Oh! What? If I brought you food. Okay. What is me? Real sec, what's up? Would you ever do another dual touch with the iron? Run your shot? No. I uh, I kind of figured out like why I don't want to. They're better than me. Alright. Because if I upload where, where are they going to eat? Not. I don't fucking know, but they're not winning. They ran. Okay. But if I started if I started collaborate clapping uh, Yeah? Wait, is Tifu rapping right now? I don't know. Oh, I thought uh, Big Yo, tell Big T I wanna hear some more. Yeah. Are they in that build? Oh I see. Uh, probably not. Uh, do you have any AR bullets? Uh, yeah. Can't split them. You, you gotta think about it like that. That could happen. Fun, so. Haven't been <coughs> That's a shot. That seriously is a shot. This is dangerous. Where is the guy on you? 
Yeah. Because there's a guy in the house. With anyone. Like, for example, like, I don't want to ever collab with someone whose clips are... Wait, did you take one down? Oh, nice. The other guy's in the house. Definitely help right, more than it would hurt. This. We gotta go back. We gotta go back. Dance for him. He's in the back. He went inside. Right. It would definitely help me more than it would hurt. Come on. Inside. Got it. No, you know. No. Uh, with okay. people that had better clips than me. Okay. Can you imagine? Imagine like people like watch the clips and we're Rock and roll girls Ain't got no soul Take you to the bottom And sleep alone Rock and roll girls Rock and roll girls Ain't got no soul Drag you to the bottom And sleep alone Sleep alone
show that chunk of music start off with josh cater doing my funny valentine not the miles davis one the josh cater one and then we had marco serrato raul Canizano out of seville sevilla huh? seville the barber of seville but spain with uh cuerda pela and uh beautiful stuff flamenco guitar stand-up bass my favorite twofer. D-Boomer's big uh, flamenco fan. God, my voice is... D- Bob Pollard's got a new uh, album, right? It's that time of the week. <laughs> He's so prolific, I can't believe. Okay, Ant Repellent. Uh, Modern Blonde, brand new. Totems in the Night. Network Glass from Baltimore with 510. Amazing. Uh, his name's Dor. Fucking he. Creative cat, man. Bomb is pregnant after that. Underwater Kiss. This is a band that did about 6,000 songs in 40 years and maybe five gigs. But they're still they're still putting out stuff. Uh, Joe uh, Cottermone from his Quarantina 
series part eight, right theme. And that's R-I-T-E. Not the correct theme, but we got a ritual, right? Tommy Dahill out of Alaska with Oh, this is Gaelic. Sorry for slaughtering another language. People don't mean to. So Hatent Por Taragata. Trigger cut from Germany with King Inks. And finally, Josh Cater. Rags to riches. Mm. Okay, so you fucking get the... Now, when you get a guitar, you don't get a nylon string acoustic, right? You get an acoustic, uh, electric with an amp? Yeah. Uh, well... We, again, credit to uh, my dad. He bought us uh, our first instruments, and the the first uh, the first st- stuff that we got was made by a company called Aria A R I A. And he got my brother a guitar, Aria Pro Two, and he got me a bass, and they were like the same shape. <laughs> but one of them was a yeah. But guitar. I thought you wanted guitar. Why did he get your bass? Well, because okay, my brother was older, and he <laughs> uh, and he. See, he I'm were, feeling a little prejudice here. He <laughs> Pro, proge- yeah, progenitor he issue. Getting, he was always getting preferential treatment. Yeah, so he what's that about? <laughs> so I was I was starting guitar. to like your pop too. Well, no, that's okay. Well. You know, eventually, I uh, I prevailed in the guitar department just because uh, I I played it more. Like I kept. Uh, what happened to I, the bass? The bass. Uh, well, we uh, we kept these instruments around, but I just sort of over time naturally <laughs> gravitated towards the guitar. Okay, and then and then, so nobody played. It wasn't like he took it over. It just got abandoned. <laughs> Well, what we what we had in the basement was this situation where we had like different stations set up where we had a drum kit, we had a bass with an amp, and we had a guitar with an amp, and we there's three boys in the family, and we all could play all of them. So we would just jam on a tune, and then we would stand up and we would rotate one position, and we would pick up a different instrument and we would play more songs. So all of us could play all those instruments, but um. When it came time for us to start a band and really play out, the question was, who can play and sing at the same time without having to look down at your hands? And I was the only one that could successfully do that. So I earned the position of lead singer in the band. And then my older brother, who had uh, originally been the guitar player, then officially became the bass player in that band. Okay, so it didn't get abandoned. And I guess no. the other brother went on to the fucking drums, right? But that, that is so great that you all learned how to play drums, because I think if you could play drums, you could play all the other instruments even better. Oh, I agree. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I wish drumming was part of, like we were talking about school and music. If they were going to do any music in school besides, you know, supporting the football team with those, those silly outfits, drum. That I wouldn't go to the games and support that if you know we were all on drums or taking turns. Anyway, it's just wishful thinking. So the first band you're in is actually a band with your brothers. Uh, no, we just played in the basement. Um, well, that's kind of a band. It's a band that never did gigs, but at least you played. 
Yeah. Well, no, I mean, right? I, Whenever you play, you, you're fucking practicing for the next time you play, right? That's true. Yeah, it's that's not true. wasted. Not, never wasted. Okay, so what about so after school? I'm not talking about uh, graduated. Game. I'm talking about like afternoon. You get out of school. And you got the ba- look, sounds like you guys got a practice pad right in your own basement. So do oh, you yeah. do you invite kit cats from your class? Is this like your um, first bands? Yeah, but we would not invite groups of people. It would be like one or the other of us would have a friend over to watch. It's not like we had basement shows that came later. Um, no, I was we- talking about another band, a real band, because you don't want to make a band with your brothers, right? You just practice with them. Oh well. No, my brothers ended up being in the Smoking Popes with me. Ah, so you did make a band. I'm, yeah. try, I'm trying to understand what you're telling me, Josh. <laughs> I'm working on my communication skills. <laughs> so they end up in the band, and in fact, they end up following you. You're the you're the fucking rudder man, right? Uh, maybe being maybe so. being the vocalist, maybe because you're the singer, because you probably start writing the words and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Although they can both sing. Uh, it's just like it just sort of happened. But they that can't way. look they can't sing and not look at their hands. That was the key. That's what they were missing. <laughs> That's bitching. That, look, we're at the end of the first hour, Josh. Uh okay. April sixteenth, twenty twenty one edition Watt Peter show special guest, Josh Cater. Hold tight for hour two. April sixteenth, twenty twenty one. It's the second hour of the Watt Pedro show. Oh, 
Everybody's talking about the end of days They ask me what I'm thinking But I just don't know what to say Guess I'm hoping that these dreadful feelings Will go away Ay, ay, ay Everybody's talking about the end of days And baby, are we living through the end times? If so, I just want to know your place or mine I'm up here in the hills trying to make these verses rhyme Baby, are we living through the end times? Everybody's saying how it's such a shame And everybody's wondering if it's too late Or have we sealed our fates Cause everybody's saying how it's such a shame And everybody's out there choosing a side Saying I have to decide But I just want to run and hide Everybody's out there beating on their chests And all I want to do is rest Maybe catch some of the test And do you pray to heaven that your soul be saved Face up to the future of the human race With an unflinching gaze Cause everybody's talking about the end of days
just for fun.
listen tonight I cried for you What's your favorite pastime Making me blue Last week was the last time I cried for you Watch the Pedro Show. Start off the second hour. Josh Cater, need you around. Uh, Ben Salter after that. End of days. Then Lucas Sabella closed. Water boogie system. Babies. And smoking popes. There they are. Seven lonely days. So uh, when you guys were taking turns at different stations and stuff like that in the basement, were were you copying songs off records or were you trying to write your own stuff? We started by copying songs uh and we we started with the ramones because that seemed pretty doable uh just bar chords not really any solos so you can just start with just power chords um well par, power chords yeah the root and the fifth on the top of the bar you yeah. know you know the bar right it, it's a yeah. guy's name actually <laughs> The bar, <laughs> but it I looks like yeah, that. it's got an e at the end, right? But but right. but but you make your the index finger kind of like a bar, so that's what me and T Boone thought. Look, me and D Boone did the same thing. We learned off records because there that's... just was no culture writing songs right away. But I have people on the show these days. As soon as they start playing, they start writing. So that's why I asked that question. What hmm. do you remember the first song you wrote, Josh? Yes, I do. Uh... It was a song called Melvin Was an Embalmer. And I bet you I know what it's about. Yeah, it's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> it's probably about a dude named Melvin and his work. It was loosely based on a guy that we actually knew. Wow. Okay, so it, kind, of, kind of a docudrama. But I just changed his name. Oh, that that was... So I wouldn't get in trouble. But... Yeah, yeah, that was smart. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? In another way, he might have been grateful to you down the road like man you immortalized my job uh, yeah maybe maybe but we'll never know so farmers so, don't get a lot of action in in songs you know it depends like i can i bet you the misfits there... uh, the misfits made a lot of room for them <laughs> what, what about the first gig you did with your brothers where was that oh the first gig okay we we started a band like before before it turned into the Smoking Popes, we we called our band Speed Stick, and it was uh, it was like deodorant, uh, <laughs> right? No, right? Um, wasn't that a trade name of a deodorant? <laughs> it was, but you know, we weren't too worried about getting sued. We were just playing in people's. No, that's okay. That's okay. Compute. So it was a basement gig over at uh, this kid I went to high school with. His name was Jeremy. And uh, he was having a sort of an impromptu show at his house because his his parents were going to – yeah, because his parents were going uh, out for the evening on, like, Friday. Yeah. And he knew about it on, like, Tuesday. So he was telling everybody, hey, I'm going to have a couple bands playing in my basement before my parents get home. So they're supposed to never know about it. So um, we – I I went home – 
from school and I, I told my brothers like, Hey, you know, like we should, we should play like, and we've been jamming and, you know, at home forever, but like, let's actually play at this thing and be a band. And so we came up with the name speed stick and, uh, you know, put some songs together and that was our first. Was it a success? Yeah. Well, um, I mean, they you know, didn't throw shit. Playing, they, they started a pit. Okay, that's success. And that was success. Yeah, and that absolutely. Was, like, we were hooked, right? Like, if we can make people swirl around like that, that's a great power. We yeah. want to keep doing that. I'll tell you, a sign that ain't going good is like when some motherfucker grabs your guitar and plays Black Dog better than you can and shames <laughs> yeah. you in front of everybody. <laughs> that's what shit would happen here in Pedro in the 70s. <laughs> Look, I want to play another Smoking Pope's tune. Pretty pathetic. You should have heard me sobbing As I drove home that night Got in bed and stayed there For days I just laid there Having been permanently changed but we won't get into that now Let's take it from the start You should have seen me smiling Like the world was mine She used to call me baby Softly Sometimes But if I dwell on those days too long Feel like my life is over And that's no good So let's move on To the part where I begin to sense Her distance I'm
Bob from Pedro Show. He was, Georgie was actually from a part there uh, called Brockton. Rocky huh? Marciano. Yeah. I think they made shoes there or something. He was born there. He wasn't Pedro. None of us Minutemen was born in Pedro. Look, we heard a Pretty Pathetic from Smoking Popes. And then a bunch of stuff from uh, Bari in Italy. You know what the heel part is. Benko from <laughs> Duesemi Colchies and Bertanas. Yeah, thank you for fucking having 50 letters in your name. El Cloro after that with Arvel. All I want to do is sit down and cry from Miramal Victor. El Sob. Appropriate. <laughs> Silence is even sexier. And then Smoking Popes when you want something. How, how long did the Smoking Popes go? Well, we started in 91. And then in 98, we, uh, we hung it up for a while. And I think we took seven years off. And then we came back in 2005 and we're technically still going although we haven't played a show in about a year and a half okay okay so it's just the band never died it just goes into like periods of uh hibernation hibernation that's yeah the way. yeah and, and mainly same cats right you and your brothers yes my uh older brother plays bass as we have discussed younger brother who played drums at one time originally, uh, now plays second guitar or other guitar. I mean, we trade leads. And then we have a drummer. And we uh, we have had a few drummers yeah, yeah. over the years. But we're now back with the uh, the guy who was our main drummer, sort of like original lineup guy. Well, after your little brother stopped playing drums. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of original. No, I, I just ask about that. And, and, and you know... That's kind of neat that they're flexible enough to do that because I know you're doing, your, you know, I played some music here that's not called Smoking Popes. It's called Josh Carter. So you start doing stuff under your own name, right? Yeah, just uh, just over this last year, like during the, the lockdown, uh, you know, uh, the, the Popes had gigs scheduled, but everything got canceled, obviously. And so or postponed. Well, postponed. Yeah. yeah. Be a little optimistic. Yeah, we will be a little little optimistic. (laughs) But I took the opportunity to kind of start messing around with some other stuff and a uh, a couple other guys. You mean you never, you never before, you always gave all your songs to the Smoke and Popes? Um, I had, uh, you know, while the Smoke and Popes were broken up, uh, I, I put another band together called Duval, and we put a record out. But, you know, one of my brothers was in that band with me and the, the drummer from the Popes was in it for a while. So I've always been kind of playing with basically the same guys in different I'm formats. curious. You didn't give me any Duvall songs. Uh, yeah, I couldn't find it on, uh, okay. on Apple Music. Okay, okay. That's okay. That's okay. It's not like you're embarrassed. Uh, no, if I had been able to find it, I would have said okay, it Okay, okay. And the difference between Duvall and Smoking Popes is... Is uh, it's just slightly different uh, lineup on the album. We had a different guy playing drums, and also it was uh, it was a different kind of lyrical uh, focus on your part, on my part, yeah. because uh, I had I had quit the Smoking Popes as a result of kind of a 
religious uh, slash uh, spiritual uh, sort of direction that I was going in my life. So I, I, I took, uh, and, and which I still am going, but it was at the time I, I uh, sort of quit the band to focus on that. And a few years later, put this other band together called Duval, which was like, uh, it sonically was similar to the Pope's, but it was a way for me to uh, sort of write lyrics that were expressing more of these uh, religious notions that I was uh, wrestling with at the time. So it was like a, kind of a Christian version of the Smoking Popes. And when you called your band Smoking Popes, there was no religion involved. No, uh, other than that, we wanted to have religious imagery in there because we thought it was cool. Because one of our favorite bands was the Screaming Blue Messiahs. You remember those guys? I think so. A, a power trio from England? Yes. And they had a hit called I Want to Be a Flintstone. I don't remember. <laughs> it's a good title, they were, though. They were, they but were I, think, I think the guitar band. man, what I remember that band was the guitar man was kind of like Wilco Johnson from Dr. Feelgood. He okay. played a really kind of... Dee Boone was kind of into this. And the guy, uh, Gareth, in the pop group. Yeah, they played this... You know who copied this style? Was the guy who ended up in the Gang of Four. Okay. The only guy left, I guess. He just passed away maybe a year ago. And it was a weird kind of way of playing. Really uh, percussive, you know? The left hand, it was more about the right hand. Kind of like a Pete Townsend thing, but more like crazy ass. Well, he didn't use a pick. He was just hitting. Okay, okay. That, then, then, then this is the same band, and that's what I remember of him. So you were trying to do that musically more than the Popes is more like smoking Popes, more like Descendants, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, we love the Descendants. I don't know if we. I'm not saying we... you're a Descendants band, but I mean, vis a vis the Screaming Blue uh, Messiah. Yeah. Screaming Blue Messiahs. Oh, Messiah, we... the religious word Popes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm a slow learner. I'm a slow learner, Josh. Okay. Okay. So in a way, it was kind of uh, ironic, sarcastic. But in another way, it led uh, to your calling. I guess so. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a journey. Yeah, li life's a trip like that. Look, we're at the end of the second hour. April 16, 2021, Dish Watt Peter Show special guest, Josh Carter. Hold tight for hour three. March 16, 2021, it's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro Show. If you don't care, I don't care. We don't belong together cause we don't belong anywhere. If you're not sure, I'm not sure what all these tears are falling for. Let's decide not to care.
should like to ride the seas, a roaring buccaneer, a cutlass banging at my knees, a dirk behind my ear. And when my captive's chains would clank, I'd howl with glee and drink, and then fling out the quivering plank and watch the beggars sing. I'd like to straddle gory decks and dig in laden sand. And know the feel of throbbing necks between my knotted hands. Oh, I should like to strut and curse among my blackguard crew, but I am writing little verse as little ladies do. I am writing little verse as little ladies do. Oh, I should like to dance and laugh and pose and preen and sway and rip the hearts of men in half and toss the bits away. I'd like to view the reeling years through unastonished eyes, and dip my fingertips in tears and give my smiles for sighs. I'd stroll beyond the ancient bounds and tap at fastened gates. And hear the prettiest of sounds, the clink of shattered fates. My slaves, I'd like to bind with thongs that cut and burn and chill. But I am writing little songs as little ladies will. I am writing little songs, as little ladies will. This world is freezing cold. I long for you to hold me in your arms. Waiting for your hand to lead me 
Rock for Pedro show. We start off the third hour. Smoking Pokes, if you don't care. Glimpse Trio with Ride after that. Murder by Death, Big Dark Love. Murdered Man, Toil and Toil. No, Toil and Toll. Wovet after that. Their band practice. And Miriam Jenden with the song of Perfect Propriety. And finally, I Know You Love Me, Smoking Popes. Okay, and Duval, uh, did the actor have some influence on that name? Yeah, we were named after Robert Duval. Okay, okay, okay. Which, uh, <laughs> I think he had a heart attack on the set. Of what? Apocalypse Now, right? No, that was... Uh, Sheen? That was... Martin Sheen? Martin Sheen. Yeah, somebody yeah. did. I mean, that movie, right? The, the uh, Mr. Coppola's wife made a movie about the movie and... So much crazy shit. Okay. But he did play the fucking crazy uh, yeah, he was commander the, uh, that likes uh, to surf. <laughs> I love the smell of napalm in the morning guy. That was Robert Char- Charlie Don't Surf. <laughs> Charlie Don't Surf. But <clears throat> naming the band after him was more of a reference to uh, this other movie that he did called The Apostle. Oh, right, 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 right. Which is such a brilliant movie. I didn't see it, but he got a lot of accolade. I should see that. It's kind of a one-man show, right? It's really worth seeing. Yeah, he wrote it and directed it and yeah, starred it. Yeah, yeah, And I, I just, I think every time I've seen him in something, I've really liked him and stuff. And that, that's beautiful that you attribute uh, to him like that. But but you end it and you go back with your brothers. No, actually, you, you took uh, advantage or whatever. You made uh, some hay with the situation and, and did a Josh Carter solo thing. And where'd you uh, record it? Uh, the... The album is called The Hideout Sessions. It was recorded at this club in Chicago called The Hideout. Um, So last October, we did a a virtual show there, and uh, we just took the audio from it into a studio, had it mixed, and released it as a kind of a live album without an audience, which actually is kind of the same thing that Joe Jackson did for that Big World album I was telling you about. Like I don't know if you're aware of that, but but he recorded that I'm album. The biggest Joe Jackson fan. I mean, at, you know the uh, guy. He, the guy can sing, and he always had good guys in his band. Like kind of Elvis Costello thing, right? New wave. Right. But he recorded 80s. that album at a club in New York, and he had you know there was an audience there, but he like told them all to like be quiet. So he would. Uh, so all the all the songs on the album are are complete takes of the of a song that were you know recorded on stage at this club. But the the sound quality is really good because there's no audience noise. And so that's kind of the same effect that we ended up, you know, that's what I had in mind when we did this Hideout Sessions album. Um, So you're getting like you're getting live performances that are all complete takes and there's no, you know, punches or overdubs or anything like that. But um, but there's also no audience. So it's like kind of a crisp. No, there is audience. You just were quiet. Well, yeah, I mean, we had a, we had a camera person in there and a couple of sound people. Oh, it was Joe Jackson who told his audience to be quiet. Okay. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I understand. Because playing in front of a, a crowd like that probably was, yeah, even if they don't make noise, it's still, you know, you work in the room. And I could see something to that. Uh, you know. In a way, a lot of recording sessions are gigs in front of the microphones, huh? But well, but you never got to play these tunes in front of people, right? Right. Yeah. I hope that I will be able to do that 
uh, in the not too distant future. Well, who's going to be the band? Is it going to be smoking Pope people? No, it's these guys that I'm playing with are a couple other guys that I've known for a long time, but I've never played with them before. It's uh, John Perrin, who plays drums in a band called NRBQ. And John San Juan, uh, who is in a band called The Hush Drops. And uh, these are guys that I've just known around the Chicago scene for a long time, but uh, I've admired their work, but I never played with them before. And so during the lockdown, I just called them up and I was like, hey, look, we're not doing anything else. Maybe we could find a place, if we can find a practice space that's big enough where we can be distanced from each other, we could safely make some music together. Let's do that and and just sort of see what happens. And it ended up becoming this show that we did at the hideout and at this record. And and now we're going to do another one. Really? Because you gave me a lot of smoke and Pope stuff. Like, I'm, I want to play right now. Got to know right now.
I want to smell you again, bus boyfriend. Craigslist, missed connections. This was months ago. We only rode the bus together three times. You wore drab, grayish blue clothes that were slightly baggy. I had chin-length brown hair and cute sunglasses. I was holding a cup of coffee that kept spouting forth like a caffeinated geyser from the tiny sippy hole on the top, scalding my hands as I attempted in vain to dry off with a flimsy, recycled paper napkin. Bus boyfriend, I want to smell you again. Bus boyfriend, I want to smell you again. Bus boyfriend, don't you come? You sat next to me. There was genuine sexual tension, which is rare in this city, and even rarer on the bus. You smelled really, 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 really good. I didn't make eye contact, although I took off my glasses so you wouldn't think I looked like a spy. I, I didn't make conversation. I just smelled you the whole way downtown.
I can still recall the day when her smile melted my world away. If I knew the price we'd have to pay, I'd have fallen just the same. Death was waiting in her room, and she kissed me in the face of doom. Tasted salty tears and sweet perfume, and the music of her. Separate cells, publicly condemned to private hells. There are secrets that she never tells, and I knew them all somehow. When at last they set us free, the parasites would never let us be. I believe that she wants me.
I mean, I know that it's it's not it's not supposed to be about you, but I uh, I saw you uh, perform one time. I want to see if you remember this show. It was in New York, and uh, I think it was part of the CMJ Festival, and you played immediately after Rick Ocasek. It was called the Elbow Room. It was in uh, Manhattan, and it was the first time I played cop plate in the engine room, my first opera for people. Mm -hmm. I used a pawn shop bass that I'd never played before. Man, it was tough. And uh, Joe Baizo was on guitar, and Steve Hodges was on drums. And the guy you're talking about, he's Boston guy, right? He, uh, he, he stalled. He wouldn't go on. And I remember doing laps around the club, like, when's this guy going to go on? I want to play. Yeah. So that's well, what I remember. I mean, he was a pants shooter. There's a lot of parts. It was a very emotional piece for me. Yeah. Let's tell the I, people, we just heard Smoking Popes, Gotta Know Right Now. Then Veda Hill, something live out of a Vancouver, Bus Boyfriend. The, 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 she told me uh, what they did was they made songs on the spot out of Craigslist ads. That's the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, V Vile. Well, actually, it's two V's next to each other. So, you know, which is the old way of doing a W. So maybe it's Wild. Nobody knows. Waku Waku Kingdom after that with the Ego Enzyme. Uh, Mac. Mac. Yeah, I forgot how he pronounces this. He's a beautiful cat uh, out of Philly. But his band name. Mach now Noy Mach Max Noy Mach I think. Fuck, sorry. Uh, Base murder, and then finally smoking popes. Amanda, my love. Mm. So, uh, yeah, yeah. You still got the smoking popes in reserve, though, right? Your brothers, they're ready to play whenever you're ready, right? But you, you got this uh, Josh Cater under your own name thing. Yes. I'm ready for chapter two. <laughs> yeah. So those guys well, are going to have to wait a little bit, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, we can't do, I mean, this record just came out, but we can't do a record release show, you know, where, that has people at it. So I don't remember asking you that, but I was asking about your brothers. They're in a holding pattern while you're sowing your oats with oh, these guys. Right. But you will there. return to them, right? Yeah. Uh, it just depends on... Because, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing. A band from your teenage years, you can always go back to. I know. Yeah, it yeah. is beautiful. And it's, it's. Uh, I mean, these are my brothers, so our music and our relationship is all kind of intertwined into this familial tapestry that is, it is, it is beautiful. I mean, I don't take it for granted. I really appreciate it, and I think we really will uh, will play again. It's just we we kind of wait for uh, for certain like offers to come in. Like we're we're not we're not in a situation where we're going to like go out and book a tour. It's more like, uh, hey, uh, the, well, I was thinking maybe maybe make a record like you did with these guys. There's something about making records, you know. I took it for granted. I used to think they were just fucking flyers for gigs, but I think they're they're kind of documents now. And I'm so glad you did what you did, and you're still doing it. Oh, thanks. Okay, really, really, Josh. Uh, 
you know, wherever, whatever you go in your life, you you kept music part of it. That's beautiful. And kind of kind of inspiring to me. So if it's in you, it's got to come out. Okay. <laughs> you know, that, who was it who said that? I don't know, but that's good. <laughs> and I like you being on the show. And whether it's chapter two of these guys or going back with your brothers, will you come back on the show when you get it done? Of course, I would love to. I, okay. it, it's an honor to talk to you. Yeah, absolutely, Jeff. Right back at you. I was conceived in Chicago, born in Virginia. But, uh, hey, people... I was born in Virginia, too. Wow, okay. But my dad was in the Army. My pop was so sailor. I was born at the, the military base in Fairfax. Ah, okay. I was Portsmouth. And I may have been conceived in Chicago. I'm not sure. So maybe we have the same yeah, origin parallel, story. Parallel universe. Yeah. <laughs> People, it's We're been like April 16, 2021. Dishwap Peter Show. Keep your powder dry.